Hello and welcome to the History Film Club. I'm Alex von Tunzelman, a historian and screenwriter. And I'm Hannah Gregg, a historian and a consultant to film and television. And Hannah, we have a very exciting applicant to the History Film Club this week. Would you like to introduce us? I would love to. Um, so it's my great pleasure to welcome Joy Mitchell uh, to the History Film Club today. I met Joy on Bridgerton. She's a TV writer and producer, and she was the on-set writer of Bridgerton season one, so we had lots of fun there. She's also written for Alex Ryder, The Letter for the King, um, and also Deutschland 86. Um, so she's got lots of writing credits under her belt, and I'm sure there's more to come that probably not announced yet, but I don't know if she'll tell us about those or not. But um, welcome, Joy, to the History Film Club. Well, thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Joy, if I could stop by asking you, I mean, I'm fascinated by how you've got these wonderful historical credits across so many different periods of history, you know, from a kind of sort of fantasy history, kind of medieval world of the letter from the king or, you know, Bridgerton, obviously, again, a sort of almost fantasy Jane Austen world and Deutschland 86 kind of right into modern history. Do you have a favourite period of history? Um, I, that's tricky. I don't know if I do. It's a thing where I somehow ended up um, on starting my career with Deutschland and it's kind of taken off in a historical direction ever since. Um, so I think, you know, I, it's tricky because I'm like very grounded in the present moment normally, but if I'm, you know, watching history, I do love the 80s just because I think they were a cool time in general, and I grew up in them. So I think like, you know, they were a fun time. And so it was great to be on Deutschland to sort of get to relive, you know, the decade in which I was born. Um, but yeah, I don't I, I can't say how that has happened aside from, you know, Deutschland kind of uh, put me on a sort of trajectory or path to writing fun, dramedy-esque um, historical shows. And do you think, is it different writing about those different periods? Because, I mean, all of them have quite different sort of language and, you know, mores and morals. I mean, you know, do you kind of have to reset your mind for every new series in that way? Yeah, I definitely do a lot of research um, for each period, depending on what project or when the project takes place. Um, and I'm very big on uh, soundtracks, actually. Like, I always create a soundtrack for each period with music, if I can find it, music from that period to sort of put me in the mood for what I'm writing, like, while I'm writing. So it helps sort of, like, you know, transport me to that time or what that time kind of felt like or what people, how people were talking. Or also, I, I tend to do, like, visual mood boards for myself, just again, so I can sort of drop into that world. Um, So fashion from that time, or actors or actresses from that time, if it's a time when we could have, have, like Deutschland, like where we could have people from that time, um, where we could see them. So I think, yeah, those are the different ways that I kind of can switch gears between time periods. So now I have an image, Joy, in my head of you in some kind of 1980s denim listening to I don't know what blondie and um yeah kind of writing <laughs> Deutsche 86 as they were sort of transported into this other yeah. world <laughs> um but I was wondering I'm really interested in the process of 
of collaborative writing that happens, you know, this idea of a writer's room that we see a lot now in dramas, because a lot of the writers I know, and this is not including Alex, who's a screenwriter, but other writers, it's a very lonely business sitting in your pyjamas, um, just writing away and then sometimes putting on a bit of makeup for a literary festival uh, or a book launch and then going back into your study and just kind of sitting again on your own. But I have this idea of drama writing now as, you know, so much more collaborative and sort of glamorous than that with a room where everyone has all these amazing ideas and um can you sort of tell us a bit about that because a lot of our listeners might not really know about that process yeah i think um writers rooms are definitely a big thing in america and are starting to be um outside of america and the great thing about them is that you know everyone comes into the room all the writers come into the room generally with certain strengths like you know, there there may be a, like an actual historian in the room or depending on what show it is, like, you know, a weapons expert or someone who, you know, if it's a modern historical show, like someone who lived through that time in that place or, you know, the, like the room is comprised of these people that ha- can speak to different parts of the script or parts of the story. All together, we sort of create this um, I guess, cocktail, if you will, or of a show that can appeal to lots of different people and that feels, depending on what show it is, you know, some historical shows try to be super authentic and then others, you know, you can be a bit more, um, you can make things up a bit more and be more fantastical, so so depending. But ever, all the writers have different strengths and that's sort of what makes, I think, shows good is when you're able to sort of collaborate with other people who have different expertise and can come together and, you know, make sure the final product is what, you know, the showrunners and executive producers are looking for. And can you tell us a bit about being an on-set writer for Bridgerton? Because, again, I think that's something that a lot of people won't kind of realise that there's somebody on set. <laughs> you know, what are you doing? Are you writing extra scenes or dialogue or, or what's your kind of role there? Yeah, generally, um, so, you know, again, this is a America versus outside of America thing, but that's changing. But um, being on set as a writer means a few things. Like you're helping, you're, uh, you're mostly sitting next to the director um, and working with them to sort of make sure that while filming the intent of each scene is coming through and what's being shot, um, just to make sure that the sort of the intention that was written into the script is there. So I like to call it sort of like being the guardian of the script in the way where you're just sort of trying to protect the intentions of of each scene in the script because a lot of times you shoot scenes out of order as well so as a writer I you know I was in in the writer's room for uh Bridgerton and I know the story from front to back um in a way that maybe if the actors I mean the actors generally read the script straight through but it's like if you're shooting a scene and an end of an episode, but you're shooting, that's the first scene you're shooting that day the for, for that episode. It's I'm the one who c- they can come, like actors can come to and say, you know, what happened in episode four that would emotionally put me in this place, you know, or what happened again in episode two with this person that 
Uh, you know, like it's just it's helping to sort of make sure, like story story wise, that there's continuity and just basically the intention of the scene is is coming through in what you're shooting. Yeah, it's completely fascinating that role, and I, I mean, I didn't really appreciate until I'd been on a few dramas that there's so many people around on a set, you know, and Bridgerton particularly, there's hundreds of people, massive crew, but not that many people necessarily have access to the whole script at the point of shooting or not everyone can hear the dialogue. And so there's just a handful of people who are managing to keep all of this kind of complicated puzzle together. And, you know, I always thought the on-set writer was doing doing that job. You know, you had access to all of the ideas, to the, the way in which the story developed, to what had come before, to what was coming next. And um, it's really hard to keep all of those things on track, I think, when you're doing those long days. And little things can start to shift really quickly. So, um, yeah, I, I learned a lot from from being on Bridgerton. And, um, yeah, it, that was that was fun season one. We had some fun times. Yeah, I know. It was fun working with you and with all the, the script team, like the script team, because there are other people that, you know, are invested in the con- continuity of the script. So, you know, and those are the people we got to work most closely with. So, um yeah so it was really it was really um good working with you guys but it's so nice to have a writer there though because sometimes you know you're working on productions and it's written at a distance and there's sometimes I've never met the writer who's been involved and um but I'm always so aware of how precious those words are and how much time someone has spent or a group of people have spent trying to put that story together and um so I think it's always really nice when actually you see the people whose names you read um, on the scripts, because it doesn't always happen that way. Um, so I don't know if it is a particularly American model or a TV drama model, um, but but I like it because obviously I, I love the words on the page. So uh, it's amazing to see your your script come to life, and it's amazing to just you know spending months in a room or months locked away in an office uh, writing and rewriting scripts, and then to be able to be there to watch them come to life. You know, I made up XYZ ball and now and now this ball is, you know, coming to life and there's extras and dancers and musicians and all kinds of things. So I think it's it's cool um and amazing to to be be able to be there and help be a part of you know, making it a great show. It's a very exciting way to work. And do you think I mean in terms of doing something like um, you know, I mean you could talk about this with any of the shows you've done and I think they're probably so different but one of the questions that I think our our listeners will have particularly because the interest in history as well is like when you're doing and all these shows I mean obviously a letter for the king you know the letter for the king kind of really does go into historical fantasy that's totally different Bridgerton has some little hooks in reality as does Deutschland 86 do you start with the history and because you know the a lot of historical film fans are kind of quite concerned with the relationship between reality and fantasy or do you start with story and character um it really depends on the project because sometimes you're writing if you're writing more something more historically accurate like that's based off an event like Deutschland was more based off events so we did a lot of research before the room even started on that period of time, like what was happening in the world in East Germany and West Germany in Europe in general in Af- in South Africa. So we did a lot of that. And then 
having that as sort of a blueprint and ways we could work our characters into these historical events, if that makes sense. Um, so that, you know, that was kind of the way that show went for, for Letter for the King and even for Bridgerton. It was, um, both of those had books they were based off. So that, that kind of outweighed the history. I want to say like that kind of was more like, okay, we're adapting these books. Let's focus on that. And then the characters and the stories in the books are the characters that we have to create and add, um, and then find ways to, you know, spice up the history. Cause like you said, they both have fa- fantastical elements. So find ways, know the history and learn the history of what was going on at this time. And again, like what was being invented at this time and then find ways to work that into the story, the existing story of the book. Do you have a favorite scene, Joy, that you've written in any of those dramas? Something that is just, you know, was particularly magical for you or are they all just fall in love with all of the stories? I mean, yeah, that's hard. <laughs> that's hard. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a fun scene in Letter for the King where um, I, re- I wrote a scene where there's sort of a bully character and the main character get is not able to do his magic. Like he's trying to perform magic. He's not able to do it. And um, the bully says that he has to basically like try to do his magic against the bully. Like, and as he's putting on his armor to protect himself from this magic, if the kid is able to do it, uh, he goes, if you kill me, I will kill you. Uh, the the bully says that to the the main character, and it's probably like my favorite line I've ever written because I was like, it makes you have to see the show for it to work, but it's just like it makes sense in the moment, and I'm just like, this makes it makes absolutely no sense, but it makes sense for, that that character would yeah. say that, um, and it was just a fun line to write. So a perfect thing where everything comes together and um, and it just works. Yeah, yeah. it's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Joy, I want to ask you, I mean, without wanting to put you completely on the spot, um, you're a woman of colour writing historical drama, which is a field that has been, you know, so white dominated um, and really quite male dominated for a long time. Um, is What does sort of position does that put you in? Do you feel like um, that's really changing uh, or, you know, what, sort of, what direction are we going in in terms of how we relate to history? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I feel like, I mean, I would hope as someone who's a fan of history, like history was always um, outside of English and literature was like my favorite subject in high school. And, you know, I know, I know so many stories that haven't been told, or like there are stories that I've studied or read about that haven't been told. So, I mean, I hope we're going towards a place where we can sort of put aside redoing certain novels historical novels that have been redone you know 12 15 20 times and we can start to find other novels and people historical figures and put people of color like in those stories um or center them around those stories and I do feel like I, I feel like we're in a place now where that's being allowed to happen. Joy, is, is there anything that we can ask you to pitch? Are there any books you would love to see adapted along those lines? There are, but I feel like I can't say because yeah, I want them pitch for them. myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> pitch yeah, them. that's fair. <laughs> don't pitch them. Yeah, I mean, one, you know, we kind of hope, don't we, that if... You know, there's so much new drama that's been trying to do different things in terms of telling 
histories of different kinds of people, but using a fiction to do that. And you hope that that will lead to a curiosity where people say, well, how much of this is true? And, and what are the true histories that lie behind this that then generates a kind of interest in trying to tell stories in a new way? And I hope that's what is going to happen rather than us just keep remaking the same things again in slightly different ways, um, which unfortunately is what productions have done for quite a long time. So, uh, but yeah, let's hope, yeah. let's hope that, let's hope that this is a moment of real change and that there is a commissioning of other kinds of histories, of people's real stories, of those stories that have been forgotten, because there's obviously an, uh, you know, an appetite and an interest and, and this is the time to tell them. So um, I think hopefully everyone is now pushing in the right direction but we'll see won't we yeah I hope so I'm I'm out here um like you said behind the scenes doing my part to make that happen so I hope Yay. you know I hope that some of these will come to light and you'll get to live out some more new awesome people um historical figures so yeah, yeah we will screen them at the history film club okay we want some kind of you know exclusive release <laughs> at the club <laughs> you know joy's drama about phyllis wheatley or something the first you know black american poet i don't know whatever whatever the stories are let's have them at the club yeah we would love that yeah sounds good this is the point where we move on in the application process joy to asking you about um if you could perhaps suggest a favourite film or TV production um, to add to our library here at the History Film Club, a club library. Um, now, this can be absolutely anything, any period, whatever reason you love it. Um, so what would you like to nominate? I would nominate, I will actually nominate Chernobyl, if no one has already done that. Um, yeah, you can have I that. just think it was... Yeah, it was it was set around the same time as Deutschland 86 at the exact same time, actually. And it was just amazing to see that bit of history come to life on screen. I, you know, again, I read up a lot on it during my research for um, Deutschland 86. And I think Chernobyl just did a fantastic job of setting, you know, setting the tone, helping us understand a culture and a world and a time in a way that I just, it was, it was just riveting and all of the acting was amazing. So yeah. And the writing as well. So yeah, I would, I would nominate that one. Yeah. I loved that as well. And I watched it and just felt like I learned things and then I didn't want anyone to tell me that any of the bits were not true because I just sort of felt that you just became so, um, so drawn into it and the characters and it was just so, I don't know, carefully and beautifully written without, uh, and the characters were just sort of human, really human, you know, so you really believed everything. And um, yeah, I'd be very happy to have that in the club library, I think. Yeah, I loved it too. And it's really great to hear that loved it. If you had like researched so much for Deutsche Day 6, exactly like you will have precisely overlapped with that. So that gives me an extra vote of confidence <laughs> as a historian that it's pretty, pretty spot on. Yeah, no, it was, it was really, really great TV. I was like, this is, this is what I write TV for is like aiming for something like Chernobyl. Joy, we also ask our club applicants a very difficult question if they have a pet hate uh, that we should ban from the club because we don't want people to come and feel uncomfortable or, or unhappy with what we're either screening or talking about at the club. So is there something that you would add to our pet hate list? Um, it can just be anything you like. I yeah, I think we've already talked about it, I guess. I don't know if it counts, but it's redoing the same books over and over in different <laughs> okay. ways. 
Um, I think I was trying to think of a different one while we were talking, and I'm like, really, that I think is my current pet hate. I think it's just there's so many other, so many other stories to be told. No, no shade to Jane Austen or Jane Austen fans. Obviously, I have a great <laughs> respect for them and for Jane Austen, but. We've just we've we've done it over and over and over. So we do know how the story let's, ends. It is true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. So yeah, I think that's totally fair. I mean, I have to say, you know, I know that lots of our listeners love Jane Austen. So do I. But you know, I think it, it becomes a bit like the sort of Marvel movies. You know, you feel like you've seen every iteration of these characters doing every possible version of it. Um, and I think I, I'm not sure we can remove reasons. all of them. I don't think we can remove all of them. Maybe we could just kind of filter out every other Pride and Prejudice or something. You know, and yeah. just like keep maybe that. Maybe it's specifically like... <laughs> yeah. It's Emma and Pride and Prejudice. So no, but yeah, no. I I again I know. I'm not, I don't want to throw shade on Jane Austen or Jane Austen fans. It's just, I just want to expand the canon of books that are being adapted or stories that are being adapted. Well, what we need, and we need this from our, I'm sure History Film Club listeners are well up on this already, but is go and see films and TV about more obscure subjects because that's how they will definitely respond to that if uh, if more and more people watch stuff about... You know, the thing is that there's kind of a sense that it is like Marvel, that effectively Jane Austen is now a franchise that will make money. Um, and that's probably also... That's true. You know, true of anything about Anne Boleyn or, you know, anyone like this. And it's effectively you've got to expand that franchise if you if you if the market goes somewhere else then um then i'm quite sure hollywood will listen so so everyone out there go go watch something weird today that will help <laughs> yeah exactly totally so thank you very much well i mean without any further ado joy it's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the history film club um we would love to have you as a member thank you so much for applying oh thank you yeah, lovely to have you. We love to offer our new members a drink from the club bar. Now, it can make any drink, historical or current. So what would you like from the club bar? Oh, um, that sounds amazing. I think I would love an old-fashioned. Classic. Love it. Of course, it's yours. Yeah, it's it's a classic. I mean, it seems on brand, right? For the, <laughs> for the podcast. So. <laughs> and it's a great, and it's a great, and it's a great drink. So you know, it has withstood the the test of time. Absolutely, yeah, we can serve that up. Well, thank you very much, Joy, and um, we hope we'll be able to welcome you back to History Film Club again soon. Uh, we will have the drink ready for you at the bar. Um, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you and find out about your work. Thank you so much, Joy. Um, I'm Alex von Tonsilman, Hannah's Hannah Gregg, and it's been an absolute pleasure having you at the History Film Club. You've been listening to the History Film Club with Hannah Gregg, Alex von Tonsilman, and Joy Mitchell. It was produced by Matt Tapley for Global Productions, and the assistant producer was Abby Robinson. To hear more from Joy, make sure you join the Time Travellers Club over at our Patreon. That's www.com. No, it's not. It's www.patreon.com forward slash history film club. We'd love to see you there. Thanks. Bye. Bye.